Barbecue's our passion, and that's just what you'll get where the Kim Burns is a barbecuer. Tales from the pits. Howdy, welcome to another episode of Tales from the Pits. This is Brian. And Andrew. And today we are here with the Fox Brothers. <laughs> Jonathan Fox. I'm Justin Fox. And together we make the Fox Brothers. There we go. And Fox Brothers out of Atlanta, um, originally from Texas, which we'll get into. And you guys have been doing this quite a long time. And barbecue has been has had this renaissance of popularity over the last 10 years. But you guys have been in this industry and doing this for longer than that. So let's talk about, well, we'll start with Jonathan. Let's talk about growing up um, and how bar- what barbecue was for you growing up. I mean, barbecue was always comfort food. Uh, we grew up in, I mean, we were born in San Antonio, grew up, spent a little time in, in Houston and uh, finished out our tenure in Texas in Fort Worth uh, before I moved to Atlanta. But not only were we born in San Antonio, we were born in San Antonio on Texas Independence Day. Oh, wow. Well, so. that's, it doesn't <laughs> get, yeah. I was say, can it get more Texas than that? Yeah, yeah you it had to cook barbecue. There's no yeah, option. It doesn't get any more Texas than that, but we live in Atlanta now. So, so I mean, but growing up, it was like just barbecue was like this comfort food. And, uh, you know, when I moved to Atlanta, uh, it's just slowly and surely like that, that craving for barbecue sort of creeping in and I didn't know what to do. So, you know, I had to, I I just wanted that that taste that, that I grew up with that I knew and and all of a sudden I'm in you know the late 90s in Atlanta Georgia where there's not a lot of barbecue like like what I grew up with in Texas but um, they're, they're proud of the pork and then there's some great pork out there but you know just sometimes you want a you know a wet beef brisket sandwich you know and, and just dripping and, and and you know wiping your mouth off and the, the 90s were, were even uh, a slow spot in Texas. You know, there's not a lot. It was kind of the pre-revolution of barbecue, and there was a lot of, of commercial and gas cookers and yeah. strip center barbecue joints at that time. Uh, back to uh, Texas, what were some of your memories around barbecue or, or experiences that really kind of set the stage for wanting to recreate it? Well, one of the main spots that, that I just I kind of really started missing was... Uh, the old railhead barbecue. Um, it used to be in a drive-through gas station um, or uh, drive-through beer barn uh, off Vickery in, in Fort Worth, and um, now it's a, a much bigger restaurant right off the, the highway. And, but um, we we actually got to know someone that worked there, and um, she was a, a vegetarian, and but she would she would bring home sandwiches and stuff all the time, but. Just going in there and just that experience of, of Texas uh, and how they do things is just so it's different and and uh, have a, a beer drive-through and that you can get barbecue at it's like it's like everything rolled up in yeah. one it's all, that's it's the like, dream right there it's like no it's like hey I'm pulling I'm gonna get it all here I got dinner I got my beverages and and I'm good to go so I mean and that just uh, when when we were kids and and I remember going with, out with my dad we'd go to like um he'd do a lot of events there was colleges and there'd be either some sort of grill or some sort of barbecue involved so it's just it's just the smells and and everything the taste and everything's associated with it that you know you just miss yeah, it's, it's those memories the family yeah. memories of, of growing up in texas and uh justin what was did you guys have any sort of chef background before you started getting into this barbecue world no you know we never any training or anything like that 
um, it was just always a fascination of cooking. You know, lots loved, of trial and error. Yeah, loved cooking, and I think you know back in this time it was right when the Food Network was was coming up. So you know when they actually taught you how to cook things. <laughs> And, when the uh, people on it actually cooked food, yeah, yes, yeah, it wasn't and a bunch so, of competitions; it was actually cooking, right? Yeah, so you learned how to how to cook different things, and you know, just by trial and error, you know, you just figure it out. And you know, a lot of times when when parents go away, you know, some kids have keg parties. You know, we'd have our friends over for dinner and stuff like that, and um, you know, it was just something we always did. And you know, once we moved to Atlanta. You know, this is something we just continued with. Yeah, it was always fun. I just wanted to, I would like, entertain and host people and have them over and, and, and take care of them. And, and I remember when I moved to Atlanta, I just, for some reason, one of the visions I had in my head was, you know, we're going to, I was going to move into a house and, man, I couldn't wait to throw my first party and have people over. But then I'm like, wait, I don't know anyone. <laughs> so, so I better get busy, you know. And, and uh, so, yeah, that's just... That's always been like our philosophy is hosting people, entertaining people, and lots of, you know, just I, I see things and, and like I, I come up with things and, and, and I'll envision how I want it to look and how I want it to taste and, and what I want the end result to be. And I'll just keep working until I get that. And that's the main thing. So you, you brought obviously brisket to Atlanta or popularized it mm-hmm. in Atlanta. What, how did you get started cooking and, and what was kind of the progression of going from early briskets to to where you were comfortable so going back to like you know missing those flavors and finding out that Atlanta didn't have a lot of that um, a lot of the a lot of the barbecue in Atlanta at that time was either you know grilled ribs or um, smoked ham so you know it was completely different than what Texas had to offer so I remember I, I mean just practicing cooking and doing all these things I mean I've cooked on I think every pit grill I mean you can you can name and I remember one day I went to the, the grocery store and I came home with this 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 little tiny brisket I mean it, this thing was probably about you know a foot long and a and, snow's brisket we like to call this <laughs> yeah. snow's has the smallest briskets we and I was seen. so excited I had like a little four four-legged uh, grocery store grill you know with the little 1999 special outside <laughs> and and I, I put some charcoal in one corner and I soaked some wood chips and put them in a pan and and create, tried to create this little smoker and I put this little brisket over here and I was I was so excited I was like man I'm gonna get this brisket I, I'm gonna eat so good tonight and that thing just seized up like a hockey puck <laughs> and uh, so that was my first Pro- taste probably of, pulled it way too early which is, yeah, which is yeah. all of our all of our first problems and too. that was my first taste of uh, failure in cooking brisket so. Um, you know, but I didn't stop there. And that's what I always tell people. I'm like, man, just don't be afraid to, to fail. Just keep going and you'll eventually get there. And so as you started, as you started getting more comfortable with cooking briskets or cooking barbecue, uh, I understand that you guys started with like a pop-up phase at bars or how did, how did the actual commercial retail side of barbecue start for you? So we were, this is back around 2001, and we started having these parties in, in our backyard. I guess we started knowing enough people to finally get people over. And um, we were gonna have a, uh, um, a band play in our backyard and we invited some people over. And we had some people, some friends coming from out of town too. And, and ironically, the party was Sunday, um, September 13th, 2001. 
couple days after September 11th. Wow. And uh, so it was kind of a, uh, you know, we decided, hey, you know, we got to, you know, we got to move on and we're still going to have a party. And um, um, so it was, turned out it was a beautiful day and um, we probably had about 75, 80 people over and we had this little, you know, brick, brick pit in our backyard that we were, you know, grilling, smoking chickens on. And, and so we cooked all the food, or just ourselves. And, and that's where the term or the name uh, Fox Brothers Barbecue came from because they just called the, the party the Fox Brothers Barbecue. They didn't want to guess so. our name, so we were always the Fox <laughs> Brothers. And uh, and so that party started Fox Brothers Barbecue. And and as that, but we did that party every year. And by the by the second third year, I mean we we're having two hundred something people at our house. Wow, it killed our house, but uh, and it was a lot of hard work. But we were we were doing all the cooking ourselves. And um, well, I mean our stove was like. You know the smallest stove it was not you've a ever seen. Yeah, it was, it was not a commercial. It was not a up-to-date residential <laughs> stove. You know, it was from the '70s, and so, so I imagine it was like an all-week endeavor preparing oh, for this yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, and and so you know we eventually got some some offset pits and and uh, you know some, I think the started. first one was a Line 60. That's um, a good that a friend brought yeah. over, and um, I think after he left with that, we we're starting to contact Ben about getting one for ourselves then. And, and, and the Lang, is that a reverse flow Lang? Yeah. 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 So was that, um, was it difficult to get used to cooking on a reverse flow or would it yeah, just Yeah, it was just, natural? it was uh, getting to know the, um, just how to cook. I mean, like I say, I cooked on everything. I remember somebody gave me an electric um, kettle smoker mm-hmm. where the you just plug RCD it in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, okay, he just, I mean, he gave it to me. So I was like, I'll try anything. And uh, until I went out there one morning and and it was uh, misting, and when I touched it, I got shocked. <laughs> so I was like, enough of that thing. But uh, anyway, going back, I mean, that's we're cooking for 250 people in our backyard, and and we're like, we sat down and just started. We're like, man, if we're doing this for a party, you know, and and now we're getting some some pits and and able to cook, you know, quality food. You know, we're still testing and working on but we're like man why can't we just start doing some catering so word of mouth you know we started selling some food to some people and friends and in offices and things like that and, and it just it, it kind of took off from there um, we met a our, uh, one of our partners now and his uh, his dad owned a, a bar in Midtown Atlanta called Smith's Old Bar and and I uh, took him some food and they're like hey you know let's 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 give this a go let's try it so we you know, served it one day a week, and and um, it was a Wednesday night, and I think we took one pork butt up there, and it sold out. And we're like, <laughs> perfect, way to go. So we expanded. I mean, we had our wings, and and we started doing all these things that we that we we have on our menu now. And one day turned to that one day plus a weekend when college, you know, football or football season rolled around, and then and then uh, next thing you know, it's seven days a week, and we had our we had our own menu insert in there and and i was still working a full-time job and i was doing graph design and web design and and you know i would show up to work probably a little later than i should be and leave for lunch a little earlier than i should have <laughs> and and i'd run over to sam's and buy some meat and drive back home and rub down the meat and get the pit going and load up the pit and put a bunch of wood on there and you know do some prayers and leave or if he was there Justin I'd was there it and, and keep it going till 
I'd have to go to work and then he'd come <laughs> home and and uh, so we just you know started things took off from there I got there were there were points where we would take the meat and like the briskets and like slice the briskets into portions and vacuum seal them and uh, take them to Smith's that way and um, they would heat it up in, in the microwave and um, you know next thing you know it's being called the second best barbecue in Atlanta and we're like it's coming from our house to Smith's <laughs> Uh, being heated up in a microwave, you know, and imagine if you can do this in a real setting yeah, where you can yeah. control We're the like, quality. It can only and, get yeah. better from there. Yeah. And um, that's when probably we did that. That was probably three years or so that we did that. And um, <clears throat> we were like, well, let's start trying to find a location. And um, uh, our partner Bo, his dad was driving down DeKalb Avenue in Atlanta one day and drove past this old gas station with this big ugly green fence around it and had a for rent sign and he's like I think I found it and uh, we went and looked at it through the fence on a Saturday and called the guy and went and walked through it on Monday on Sunday and sign the lease on a Monday. Wow. It never works like that anymore. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we're trying to we're trying to work on this new location, and we're we're a year and a half in the negotiations. But we signed that signed that lease, looked at it on Sunday, and signed it on Monday, and and I still talk about that. It's like you know, it just doesn't doesn't ever work like that. So, and here we are. So what? what Eleven was it years like, later. <laughs> what was it like early on? Um, you know, I, I imagine it's obviously a huge shift from. A day job and doing this it is. partly for fun it is. to it was, making um, business. Yeah, it was a lot of work. It was, I mean, it was twenty-hour days. You know, seven days a week. Um, you know, a lot of our family still lives in Texas. And, you know, we have nieces and nephews, and we we miss them growing up. You know, we miss birthdays. You know, all kinds of stuff. But you know, we uh, we just strive for you know creating this this vision that we had for it and I, you know I didn't when I had always cooked on a, a Lang uh, and that's what I what I knew that's what I grew up with and, and so we opened we had we built a smokehouse we had two Lang 108s in there and and I was like oh that should be plenty and and I knew how to I knew how to cook everything I knew how to make all the sides all you know I didn't have any recipes written down there all in my head I just knew exactly how to make them I knew how they should taste and so now I'm having to train people which I've never had to do before I have to hire people manage people and train them and without recipes you know it was just everything was like all over the place and and uh, come so, in one day and the barbecue sauce would be completely different <laughs> you know yeah, so standardization I had once you start getting to that level is critical yeah yeah and, so and it, the volume yeah, yeah so I learned you know we were we opened up and it was just like, you know, boom. And, and I thought, I was like, man, we're going to get a restaurant. That's it. That's everything we've ever wanted. You know, we're going to make it. We're going to retire. We're going to be rich. And none of that <laughs> happened. I mean, it was just we, like. I mean, it, we, it, we had some good days, but, you know, we, for the most part, you know, our partner had this number. He's like, as long as we hit this number, we'll be good every week. And we were hitting that number, but we weren't good. And um, so we we're like, okay, we got to start trying to make things better and improve them and get busier. And um, I think one day we had a uh, the local 
TV station came out for their morning show, and they're they're like, oh, we're just it's a local Fox affiliate, and they're like, we're just driving by, and uh, we saw your restaurant. And we're like, Fox on Fox, <laughs> um, let's let's try this out, and so they came over, and I think they wound up giving us about 45 minutes on the air one day, and um, they wanted to feature brisket. They're like, we love your brisket. We want to do brisket. Somehow it switched to ribs. <laughs> and we had like three segments on the air and we had not, not only do ribs this was like on the middle of the week because it's a Wednesday and, and so we knew what we had to do for that day we didn't take the TV at thing into consideration but we had to cook all these ribs for the shots and to send back to studio and and so I remember when we were done it was like 9.45 and I was like hey I went to my guy with me in the pit and I was like we should we should probably get some more prep some more ribs and you know since it, that was a rib heavy episode and he looked at me and goes we're out oh, gosh <laughs> we don't have any more ribs and our phone was already ringing with people yeah, calling it, what time do you open can we come down there and get those ribs oh, those i ran i had to run over to kroger across the street and buy every single rack that rack they had and get them on it was uh, i mean it was just and things kind of just started you know it's one of those moments that you always look back on and no matter what sort of trials and tribulations you went through you know just when things start to take off and i think that along with um i think soon after probably six months into being open is when the uh, recession hit and you know um you know we're like well what's going to happen now you know the restaurants around us are closing down yeah that was a really people, tough people time don't want industry people can't afford to go out to eat and um slowly but surely our sales started increasing and um the only reason i could come up with was you know barbecues that comfort food you know they're going to forego the white tablecloth formal dining but they're going to get come get their their ribs and their pork sandwich and i think it just speaks to what we you know we're our what we're trying to do because at the time you know, I was like, you know, I thought we had a following and, and you know, we, we people knew who we were, but then we found out nobody knew who we were. And people are like, you know, where are all your sauces? You know, well, you need to do your pork like, like this place does their pork. And we're like, this is who we are. It's what we're doing. And I like to call it, it was like, not your daddy's barbecue. It's not the barbecue that you grew up with in, in, in Atlanta that, you know, that generations grew up on. And, and, uh, and we were just trying to do something where we were going to put fresh barbecue on every plate. How did those Atlanta customers, how receptive were they early on to brisket? Because, I mean, it wasn't a common thing for them. Pork was our, obviously our high seller. Um, over the years, uh, brisket has surpassed that. I think with the, the population of brisket or the, the popularization of brisket. And, um, and pork is still a high seller. And, but um, people just come to learn it, learn to love it. And, and it's it surpassed it. Um, it was hard at first. I mean, but it, it gave us the opportunity to not only take what I could do in the backyard and then train people to do it and do it well and do it right. And and um, so as we we grew, you know, and the the brisket trend grew, you know, we kind of just met in the middle. Did customers accept the the bark on the brisket and, and yeah. did they understand that that was? Yeah, we how started it was doing like you know that's. Um, uh, you know, with the fatty cut and the and the lean cut, and they were like, people were like, I don't want, I don't want fatty. And we're like, oh, you do, you gotta try it. <laughs> they were and, they weren't too hip on the term fatty, yeah. so you know they we 
we served a lot of lean slice and um, a, a lot of chopped Chop barbecue. Fatty, yeah. In fact, we had to, finally had this um, one customer come in, and uh, he was a preacher for Georgia Tech, and um, he'd come in and he'd he grew like, up in Fort Worth. He was from Texas. <clears throat> he would tell the the server, he's like, "This is what I want," and he was telling him he wanted a fatty cut, and um, so, we, so the server came and got you know our chef at the time and. And he explained to him how he wanted it. And so we went back there with him and we're like, this is what he wants. This and how you so do it. And, and, uh, he wound up calling it the preacher's cut. <laughs> and so that's how originally our servers in the restaurant knew it was, he wants preacher's cut. So then we were like, okay, well, it's technically a fatty cut. Um, but then, you know, part of our management staff was like, well, customers aren't too hip on the term fatty. Maybe we should call it the moist cut. And I was like, no, because that to me says that the lean yeah, the is dry. dry. Yeah. And I was like, it's it's lean cut, fatty cut. Yeah. That's what it is. You know, there's no no way to go around it. Yeah, that's one thing that we've seen so many places at barbecue places we go to is if you say, do you want lean or moist? Almost everyone's going to say moist because, yeah. of course, I want yeah. the moisture cut, yeah. but they don't understand the difference between it. And there are places in Texas that have literal signs by their register that show you, like, it's like a marbled ribeye. I mean, they, they, you know, customer education has been a big thing, even in Texas, as prime, you know, prime beef and fattier beef gets more and more popular. Trying to explain to the customer that may be used to only getting a chopped fatty sandwich or a lean slice yeah cut and, and even that the lean does come with a, a line of fat on it right, right? Yeah. it's not not a hundred percent yeah lean. people want that they want to cut that off and i'm like <laughs> you want that part yes yeah, so you absolutely <laughs> want that part <laughs> <laughs> oh man it's trouble <laughs> the goal, i just man. wanted to purposely interrupt that's, <laughs> that's it that's there good. we go are you cooking turkey <laughs> that was Michael Letchworth. You've heard him singing Kiki on this show before. <laughs> Ed, edit that one in maybe later. Yeah, we might have to. Kiki, do you love me? But, but yes, as, as Fox Brothers Barbecue got more popular, the, man, the menu would expand, I, I assume. And you guys have a pretty extensive menu that's got some really creative stuff on it. it was, it's been pretty extensive since we opened up. As it, was it from yeah, day there one? Yeah, um, there were a few dishes on there like... Um, there's a lot of things that I would, I would love to take back, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we, we could go back and scale it down. You know, obviously we'd love to, but um, yeah, I think right now our customers would revolt if we were. To I remember one, when we first opened, we we served crinkle cut French fries from the back, frozen, and uh, and we switched. We got finally to a place where like, hey, we're gonna do fresh cut French fries, and people complained. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get it. Crinkle cut fries are great, but I mean, when you got a fresh fry. And you know, it's just uh, so some of these things. It's like we, we if we tried to take them off, people would revolt. And especially this is a kid that works for us. Uh, his name's Chad. He's worked at our pits. He, I think he's worked every position in the restaurant. But now he he works our pits, and um, he's been with us for probably ten years. And um, he still talks about the crinkle cut. <laughs> They're never coming back. Give it up. But things like uh, like we do a jalapeno popper. I mean. And, and I was like, you know, we're not going to just go out and buy one. You know, we're going to make it. And, and it, it all started at our house. You know, we 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 would smoke meats on on Saturdays for college football, and 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 I'd have my friends over to like test the recipes and things like that. And um, and uh, so I'm like, well, we got to have a little appetizer, you know, while while they hang out and wait. And um, so I came up with a jalapeno popper, and 
you know, filled it with pork and, and tried different, you know, put some with brisket and did all these things. And, and I was like, you know, we open the restaurant, we're gonna do this. And I literally now have two people where their, their 40 hour a week job is just to make those jalapeno poppers. It's amazing. <laughs> and, and, and I can't imagine that once we open another restaurant, it's like we're gonna even have to hire another person, another two more people just to, you know, satisfy them. So I've always, my dream is to like open up a, a little spot that's not necessarily Fox Brothers and to have a scaled down menu <laughs> that uh, we don't have all these things on. But uh, it's fun, you know, and, and people love it and embrace it and and um, it gives us a chance to be creative, but you know, sometimes simple is better. Let's talk about, about fun. And yes. I know Andrew's gonna jump there and so uh, I had oh to yes. cut in line here. Um, the first item that uh, took us by surprise, because it's not a gimmick, um, is a deep fried pork rib, mm-hmm. yeah, chicken so fried pork rib. Chicken fried pork rib. Yeah, people. Ribs. Yeah, chicken fried. Uh, we always we always correct our staff because the southern term for it is country fried, but we always say it's chicken fried. We're from Texas. It's chicken fried. <laughs> yeah. But um, and everything's better chicken fried. Oh yes. You know it's it that comes from you know um, we don't reheat products, um, but we would have some ribs left over at the end of the day, and it was like, what do we do with these ribs and at first we were um doing we tried ribs everything sandwiches. i mean pulled it but and there's still little bones in there and and we've replaced we've, we've had to buy crowns, crowns for customers replace crowns for customers oh, wow. and um and so after the second or third one we were like look we gotta we gotta find something else here to do and, and my i got i got a text from my chef one morning he's like we're running a braised rib special and i was like no, we're not. <laughs> I was like, there's nothing that sounds good about that. It just screams leftover ribs. And uh, uh, so I went in there, you know, I hung up with him and, and, and I went in, I was like, here's what we're gonna do. And just on the fly like that, I was like, we're gonna take it, batter it, deep fry it, we're gonna serve it. And just like that, it was, um, you know. It's People weird. are always, they're, they don't understand it. They, they don't, they think it's weird, but if you think about it, I mean, it's it's a pork chop. It's, it's a, a pork chop. Yeah. You know, it's a fried pork chop yeah. is what I mean, it is. It's so. great. It was it was the first time we ate it. We we're like, oh yeah. And then we we ended up in Atlanta a few months ago at the same time, completely separate reasons. And we ended up going to your restaurant separately, like three hours apart. <laughs> and I was like, are you getting the chicken fried rib? Yeah. Are you getting the chicken fried rib? And so, yeah, there was no way we were not getting that. That I mean, item. that's just another one of those things where we ran it as a special. And, uh, and then, you know, next thing we know, it's on the menu. And I mean, like diners, drive-ins and dives came and, and you go through that whole process. And, and, and they're like, we want to do the chicken fried rib on there. And we're like, okay. And uh, I remember right before we filmed, I looked over at one of my chefs at the time and I said, I said, well, you know what this means, don't you? And he goes, what? I said, now we're gonna have to cook ribs just for the chicken fried ribs. And he goes, <laughs> and and um and sure enough, every time that episode airs, I mean we'll we're, I mean we can't we'll run out and 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 because we have to cook for them now, so it's one of those careful what you wish for things, you know. No, it's a, it was a great bite, and um, you know, tons of stuff on the menu. Yeah, the uh, the Montreal smoked mm-hmm. beef that you guys do is a really really unique dish. You don't see a whole lot of places as well. I mean, it's kind of sim- similar to a pastrami, but yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, different flavors, and and we have we have some good friends of ours uh, are Canadian by birth, 
now U.S. citizens, but um, their dad, um, this corned beef sandwich that we run on Fridays, uh, he would always come in and say, this reminds me of, of smoked meat when I grew up in Montreal. And, and so I started looking into it and, and, you know, as the pastrami fad started happening, I was like, well, nobody's really doing Montreal smoked beef, which is, you know, similar in nature, but it's kind of has some different flavor profiles. So we spent some time looking into it and, and yeah. It's, it's like the, the underdog of the menu, you know, we run it every Tuesday and the people that love it, they really love it. And they come every Tuesday just for it. Yeah, and that, those are the great things once you get those established specials. Is you, it does give you a, a clientele that you know is always going to be there on that day. And, and knowing, and that's an important thing for anyone that's you know starting in this business, if you're going to run specials, running them on a consistent basis where your, people know what day they can come in and get oh, that yeah. special, I mean, it's it's money in the bank because you know you're always going to have a built-in yeah. clientele. It's like Chicken Fried Steak Thursday, you know, people people look forward to it. And because, yeah. you know, if it's one thing Atlanta is, is a transplant town and... You know, there's a lot of Texas expats in Atlanta, you know. Um, UT has one of their biggest yeah. alumni bases in Atlanta. Oh, I know very well. My sister is a UT alum, and she lives in Atlanta. So, yeah. there you go. <laughs> so yes, I know very, very well about the the UT bars and the and the UT crowd, and they're obnoxious. And <laughs> I have to say that just because I know my sister will probably listen to this episode. But yes, the the Atlanta food scene has has grown and changed, and and there have been an increase in barbecue joints. But I, I think you guys are still the the gold standard for Texas barbecue, you know, Texas style barbecue that you can get in Atlanta. Have you seen with the explosion, the popularity of Texas barbecue that's happened over this last decade, have you seen kind of your, your clientele change or, or what has been, what has it been like for being, you're, you're far from Texas, but you're also serving this meat that's become so popular and the style has become so popular. I think, I think people are more open to um, try and just, you know, veering away from the pork sandwich. And, you know, going with, I mean, we'll have people come in and get a beef short rib for lunch, you know, and, you know, and, you know, pound and a half of meat for lunch with two but sides. But they embrace things, like yeah. just a simple, you know, they, they, they were like, man, why, you know, we're like, it's just smoke and salt and pepper. And, and they're like, just salt and pepper? And they're like, yeah, I mean, that's just, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's really all meat needs and, and uh, kind of a classic tradition, you know, Central Texas way of doing things. And it gets them to like learn about it and things like, you know, having our, our homemade sausage on the menu. People are like, you know, I'm like, you know, hey, I remember going to uh, Chapel Hill when I was a kid and, and, and eating this uh, sausage sandwich. And I, and I still think of it and I'm like, I got to have that sandwich on our menu, you know, and, and um, uh, you know, it's just people learning and, and really loving those things that they haven't had before. That, that jalapeno cheese sausage that you guys do is, is excellent. I mean, it's it's as good as any jalapeno cheese that we've had in Texas as well. I have to imagine, what kind of volume are you making that in these days? I Quite mean. a bit. <laughs> uh, I mean, we have we have a, a, a staff that just works on that. Uh, we call it kind of our, our specialty team, but they stuff uh, sausage and, and uh, we make a bologna too. And, um, but that, you know, the, uh, the jalapeno cheddar sausage, I mean, I was just always looked and I was like, man, I went to I went to some some meat centric um, uh, sausage making places in Atlanta, and I I was like, here's what I want to do. Here's kind of my recipe. What I'm thinking. Can you help me do it? And either they didn't want to do it, or they they didn't give me the right results that I was looking for. So I was just like, look, I could buy this from someone, or I'd rather just make it on our own. If you're gonna do something, 
You're right. And um, there's just a lot of trial and error. I mean, years of trial and error. <laughs> I mean, I got so far down the rabbit hole. Like I was like reading up on binders and, and all those things. And next thing you know, somebody was like, we we're trying to put bread in there. And, uh, and I was like, I had to go just stop, stop. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I looked up my original recipe. I'm like, we're going all the way back to here. And you know, that's when I, I learned about, you know, uh, paddling and emulsification and things like that. And, and cause I was just always trying to look for that texture. And, uh, and so we finally found that, got all the flavors there. And I was like, all right. And, now and a good binder, it. especially for yeah. beginners, is non-fat dairy milk. Yes, exactly. It's always a good one that, yeah. that holds together. And you need not one. Bread. Not, not bread. Not bread. No, no. <laughs> now, we have done stuffing. stuffing. Yeah, we did, we yeah, yeah, we did do a turkey and stuffing you once. That, if yeah. your intention is <laughs> right. to do that, yeah. but not as a, uh, not as a binder. Uh, one of the things that you guys have been very well known for over the years is is your commitment to the community and, and the charitable work that Fox Brothers has done. Um, Fox Original Soul is, is an amazing thing that, that you guys have been involved with. Um, tell us a little bit about what that is and what you've been able to do with that. Yeah, you know, I think um, it all started five or six years ago, I think. Um, we um, took a trip down to New Orleans for Hogs for the Cause. and. Yeah, we thought we were just going down for a barbecue competition. And we don't really compete that much, you know. Um, we've done some in the past, but... It's not fun. It's not our thing. And so we are like, all right, well, you know, we've had a lot of friends going down there. We're like, all right, we'll go check it out. And then we, you know, a couple of weeks before we go down there, we find out that part of the competition is fundraising. And so we're like, all right, so we, you know, I think we managed to raise, you know, $10,000 that first year. Uh, we took our friends um, Taqueria del Sol down there. Uh, they own a, a little chain of um, taco. Um, Real popular taqueria, place in Atlanta. Yeah, um, one of the most popular places in Atlanta. And um, Eddie and Mike, they, they're amazing chefs. And um, so we took them down there and uh, Eddie cooked some beans for us and he got like third place in beans. And um, I think we wound up. We won pork. We won year. pork that year. We didn't inject it. We didn't the, do the anything. The Texas boys won pork. <laughs> and, um, but that year in it Orleans. rained so oh, yeah. hard. That, I mean, so the Hogs for the Cause is like this annual event in New Orleans where it's like kind of their culmination um, party where all the teams raise, get together, and it's whatever money they raise throughout the year. And, um, and it's a, they have a friendly barbecue competition, except it, within. And you're talking like 90-something teams that participate in it. And, and everyone knows everybody. Uh, we're the outsiders from Atlanta that are, that are Falcons fans that they mess with. And because um, the New Orleans Saints and the Atlanta Falcons just do not get along. Oil and, and water. Uh, <laughs> um, so that first year that we went down, we were prepared for everything except the torrential downpours. <laughs> and um, like home team who's uh, on our team now, their whole site was flooded. They, it took three days to get their pit out, but uh, from a, they had to get a tow truck to pull it out of the mud. Wow. Um, there was just such down, I mean, we were like, Saturday night at seven o'clock when they were gonna announce the results, we were just like, we we're so done. I mean, we were just like, ah, you know, and we we're just like, let's go over there and just see what happens. And often they're calling our, you know, all of our names, you know, we, we won pork, beans, and, you know, we, we did get on the hog and, and um, uh, fundraising, we were in the top 10, you know? So we were like, we were like, oh, we were rejuvenated. We we're like, we're into this, we're doing it. So so we, you know, gotten to know these people that, that organize it very well and 
and we've been working with them on making sure it's like um, Hawks for Cause isn't going to help New Orleans. It's going, you know, they've worked with Children's Healthcare of Atlanta, so the money that we raise stays in Atlanta. And and so it, Hawks for the Cause, it, it's like no ask or no questions asked grants given to families who have children battling pediatric brain cancer. So like pay their bills, pay their rent, things like that. If you, so they can take time off work to be with the be with the kids who are going through treatments and um, where they need to be yeah. without having to worry about, well, I got to pay my car bill. I got to pay rent this month, you know, the electric bills. Do. And so we, you know, we've evolved and, and committed to doing it. And, and, and you're always, you should be able to give back, you know. I mean, we, we were blessed to uh, have a business last more than one year and, and do what you can to give back. And so I think last year and this year we're on pace to you know raise each year over two hundred thousand dollars. You know that, that's amazing. And uh, and so it's just it's a lot of fun to go down there and help out. Yeah. So now we have uh, it's us with Home Team Barbecue and uh, Taqueria del Sol that makes up uh, what we call now Team Boxeria del Sol. And um, you know we just do a different events throughout the year. Um, you know we were just we we're here in Charleston less than two weeks ago. Uh, we had a huge party at home team barbecue block party at here at home team where they had you know bands playing all day long and uh, I, you know I think we raised around 50 grand for it so you know we do uh, in Atlanta we'll do a uh, hatch chili festival uh, towards the fall and you know just where you just we come out a lot of travel ideas yeah I know trip. I know yeah and um, yeah we'll it's have a big country out there. yeah <laughs> it is we'll have 12 stations set up and people just come eat food that Every food is laced with hot chilies, so That's even awesome. desserts, you know. <laughs> and um, it's just been really good. It's uh, we really embraced the uh, the what the people at Hogs for the Cause do. I think the second year when um, we went down, we went back to New Orleans, and they you know they sent us an email saying we want to get you involved with the grant. And so that next morning, you know, our second day there. Um, we went down to uh, Children's Hospital in, in New Orleans, and we met uh, Isabella, who was actually, it was her ninth birthday, and she has been battling pediatric brain cancer her whole life. And she's in remission now, but, but she, we got to grow up with her, and every year she comes out, and she hangs out with us, and, and so we get to see her grow up. She incredible. And so, it, yeah, it's, just, it's those little touches that, that, that really make it, make it worthwhile. Yeah. I mean that's. I mean it's, it's incredible that you know the, the barbecue community has has always been a generous community in terms of helping each other out and and, and helping out the, the communities that they dwell in and, and you guys are a wonderful example of that of of giving back and providing and and we know that you guys have a lot of relationships with a lot of people in barbecue that that you've always been willing to help out and vice versa and it's just it's great to see. I mean it's it makes this more than just a sit down meal for people. You yeah, know. you know it's it's a. Uh we're we're a big old dis- dysfunctional family, um, you know. It's uh, we're not competitors. You know, we don't compete with each other. We're we're always willing to help each other out. Yeah. Sam Jones married me and my wife. You know, he was a, he was the officiant at our, our um, ceremony. I had um, uh, Carrie Bringle, Peg Leg Porker, um, announced us and sang our first dance for us. <laughs> uh, that was a funny story. It was like. Um, he announced this. We came in, and um, uh, you know, the, I was, the whole gag was like the man was going to play some slow, like "Stand by Me" or something like that, and he was going to go, oh, "No, no, 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 this ain't this ain't right." 
and then uh, the band breaks into I Want to Kiss You All Over. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and he, uh, he took the lead on that. And, I'm surprised and, uh, Sam didn't do a duet with him. Sam got up, Sam there, and got up there and sang too. There we so. go. There we go. <laughs> There can't be a microphone without Sam being behind it. Uh, very true. Uh, it's it's been amazing to watch. You know the, the the story of what you guys have built in Atlanta. I mean, it's it's one of my must stops every time I'm coming to Atlanta. And luckily, I get to come a couple of times a year now. And if you're in the Atlanta area, area listening to this, if you haven't been to Fox Brothers Barbecue, I'd be very surprised. Um, but if you haven't been, you better get in. Um, and especially if you're a Texas transplant, I mean, this is the place to go if you're looking for that taste of home. Um, it's it's what you guys do is great we're looking forward to the future i know you guys have plans and things are in the works and all that fun stuff and not just not just at their decab location right so um as part of part of the growth and success of the business you guys have expanded we do we have um well we have we have we now have a commissary that we um, do our catering out of it's a seventeen thousand square foot warehouse is a little daunting to say that but um we, you know we we produce all of our catering there um the sides for, as well sides for the restaurant the poppers we do there um but in addition to that it also um we smoke meat for um the mercedes. four locations that we have at mercedes-benz stadium and um you guys are very involved with the atlanta falcons and yeah, what yeah. they do and, there as well. uh, we have a location it's at um, SunTrust Ballpark where the Braves play. The, um, you know the Braves operate, and, and you know we, we oversee it and do all that. So it's like we don't have to staff it, but uh, it's a co-branded with Terrapin Brewery. And um, so yeah, I mean um, it's just getting out there, and it's crazy to see the, the demand that people want you in, in places, but but also uh, places that that at least do justice, you know. Yeah. So it's great, you know, for those that those that are in town just for a sporting event, you can get a taste of Fox Brothers yeah. and a little little hint of Texas we in that too. We just got through the Super Bowl. That was, uh, <laughs> you know, it's done. You survived. We did. We did. Well, guys, thank you so much for the time. We're looking forward to eating yeah, more great to have food. You in Charleston. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Oh yeah, it's uh, this has been Charleston Wine and Food is an incredible event. Uh, you, know, you guys have been a part of it now for several years. Um, we're looking forward to seeing what you guys are going to be coming up with a, the you know the various events you're going to be at. I mean, you guys always bring creativity and something delicious. So I'm looking forward to more of that and looking forward to our next trip to Fox Brothers Barbecue. Thank you much. Thank you.